podcast i have a little bit of voice impediment obviously after yesterday uh i would i cannot let this go on any longer how you doing i heard you had a really good night uh very good night um you know it was such a good night that i had to go to urgent care today to check out my chest because it hurt so bad uh a lot of yelling uh, a lot of yelling last night uh good time but let me let you know what I, I, I there's no words there is no words to describe no what. words i, I want to say one thing before we get into talking about all that happened and all that is looking ahead with the super bowl now but the first thing i want to say is i love the three o'clock start time i love it i love it and now some of our friends were like well started at one i don't like that i no. like the NFL kind of teases you a little bit. They make really, you wait that extra two hours. Because I like that. The game ended at 6.30, and then we went out to the bars, and it, it was like you feel like it should be like 10 o'clock, and then you it's look up, six. it's 8.30. Well, you know, and that's the weird part. It's kind of like living on the West Coast, yep. watching a game, where you're like, oh, well, the primetime game starts at 5.15. You know what I mean? So by the time the end of the game, you're like, oh, it's got to be like midnight. It's like 8. You're like, right. oh, wow, it's crazy. It was like when I went to I went to uh, uh, Las Vegas for the national championship game last year, the Ohio State game, and the game ended. It was like eight. I was like, dude, what am I supposed to do for four hours? You know what I mean? It's just weird. But nice, nice knowledge drop. We've got a Vegas <laughs> veteran on the podcast. Um, so I don't know where exactly to start. I, I let's start with this. So. What we said last week was the Bengals had to withstand that first punch. How uh, that last play of the first half where Mahomes uh, swings it out to Tyree Kill and Eli Apple makes a tackle. How bad or how pessimistic were you feeling during that whole drive? And then how much better did you feel after that tackle was made? And they went into half down only 11 instead of 18. So um, in our Bengals group chat, apparently I'm the only one that was feeling pessimistic. Um, I was very angry. I was too. I just didn't verbalize it. I was very pessimistic. I was very angry. The first half they played soft um, and there's really no way around it. Um, and, 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 and they, it, you know, I don't know. I was very pessimistic, pessimistic on that last drive because they got shredded on that drive again. It would have been the fourth straight touchdown drive of them just getting shredded. Not even the longest third down, but like at, to that point was a third and three. Yeah. Like it was, it was bad. And there weren't a lot of third downs. I mean, there's probably, well, there probably only two third downs. You know what I mean? It was bad. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, the but Chiefs we, are one of those teams that if if they got any time they got in the first half yesterday, any time they got a third and less than four, you yeah. knew they were going to get it. Oh, yeah. absolutely. But not the second half. In the first not half, second. absolutely. Um, Let this crew. But I mean, Mahomes. I mean, think 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 about this. His his QBR in the first half was a ninety eight. I mean. And it, it, it probably would have been a 99 if he would have thrown another touchdown pass or a 99.5, you know what I mean? So you're not going to win a half if the other quarterback has a 98 QBR. Uh, you're just not. Uh, I, don't, I don't care how well your quarterback plays. Most likely you're going to be down. But that stop by Eli Apple was, th- th- I would argue, you know, the, we can talk about the third down runs by Joe Burrow later, but. I think Eli Apple's play was the most important play of the game because it gave them hope. If they would have given up a touchdown there, I think the game's over. It gave me real shades of Jacksonville in week four when yes. the Jags were up 14 yep. nothing, driving down the field, and then right at the yep. end of the half, the Bengals stop them, and then they come out in the second half and flip the switch and turn the tables. Um, you know, starting at the beginning of the game, I think a common theme out of yesterday is, wow, this is such a great win. Like, there are no words to describe how awesome today has been. But there's been a caveat, at least for me, of Zach Taylor was really, really conservative yesterday on first down. Really conservative. Yeah, it it got to the point where it was – it was blatantly obvious that they were handing the ball off on every first down. And listen, we can talk about it. They won the game. So obviously all that's going to go to the wayside because they're going to the Super Bowl. um, It doesn't matter now. It would have mattered if they had lost. Absolutely. It would have mattered big time because it really, they were, they were shooting themselves in the foot because they'd run on first and second down the first half. And then they'd get, you know, there'd be like a deflected ball on third down um, or, you know, Burrow kept trying to go deep to Higgins and just kept overthrowing him out of bounds on, like, third downs. Yeah. And, you know, that, that just kills you because you can't give possessions away when Patrick Mahomes had – at that point, at that point, I thought we were going to lose, you know, 50 to fifty to 20. Yeah. Um, I thought it was going to be a blowout um, because you, we, kept, we kept giving him free possessions and Patrick Mahomes would just flick his wrist and, and and somehow they're getting 30 yards a throw and eight yards a carry. And you're just like, I, I, I don't understand. What, what, what are we doing? I don't know what exactly the goal of the offensive game plan was yesterday because all season, it, not even just the past month, all season, the Bengals have been really good throwing the ball on first down. They're one of the best teams in the league on first down. And then they're one of the best teams in the league on third down. But it seemed like yesterday's game plan was we're going to have, and what it seemed like was Zach Taylor was saying, we're going to put Joe Burrow in a bunch of third and fives. And we're going to say, you have to make throws on third and five, every drive. And, you know, it worked, but, it didn't work. It ended up being enough in the end, obviously, but it didn't seem like Zach was ever comfortable with his play sheet yesterday. You know, there was a lot, and we can talk about this now. A lot of the offense's success yesterday is due to off script plays made by Burrow and the cast of receivers. Yeah. And 
Joe Mixon did end up with 88 rushing yards, but a majority of that was on the last drive in OT, um, you know, to kind of ice the game away. So he ended up averaging four yards a carry. But if you watch that game, they couldn't, they couldn't run the ball, you know, it until the end. So, you know, that, that does, that does worry me a little bit. Um, especially against his Rams front. I mean, we'll talk about it later. Really good. But let's talk Chiefs because this was the most – this was the biggest game of our lives. I, dude, uh, I can't even think about the main <laughs> things Aaron Donald might do to whoever plays right guard for us. Hey, no, we'll talk about that. Let's talk about that right now. I thought Jackson Carmen didn't play terrible. Yeah, they pulled Akeem Adeniji. I, I think yep. it was second or third drive. Oh, they were done. They, they, were, they were not having it. They he were not having done. it. He was done. He was done. And he Jack was done. Carmen, to his credit, like you said, hey, that that he that, played, that screen, he that screen okay. touchdown. He yeah. got away with a hold on that screen. Yes, he did. Yes, yeah. he did. But yeah, he did. But he played. He played okay. It doesn't change the fact that right guard and to a lesser extent right tackle because they had Reef there all season until the end. It doesn't help that right guard is such a glaring weakness. And two, probably the two teams in the playoffs uh, of the 14 teams that were best equipped to handle that are the two teams they're going to have to beat in Kansas City and L.A. to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, we were always wondering if the coaching staff would make that change back to Jackson Carmen. And Akeem Adenji had – one of the worst performances against the Titans, the Titans game. I mean, one, I mean, brother, we talked about bad O-line. We talked about Bobby, Bobby Hart for years being a turnstile. Bobby Hart was never that bad, um, as bad as a chemo energy against the Titans. It was really, really tough to watch yesterday. But- so, I mean, they, they gave him two drives and said, we're done. I'm done seeing it. But – to put a positive spin on it, the left side of the offensive line continues to be rock solid. Oh, they Quentin Spain on his another well, his second prove it deal in a row should get at least a two year contract extension in this offseason. I didn't realize he was 31. He is 31. I think he'd still be good for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, but, but the, I mean, Jonah Williams played fantastic. The O-line really wasn't a problem. They only gave up one sack, and it was – I mean, there was, there was a holding, um, so it would have been a sack anyway because Isaiah Prince just got uh, blown off the line by Melvin. A. I, I'm b- blown off. Um, but it would have been a holding anyway, so I was actually kind of happy because instead of being first and 20, it was only a second and like 13 or 14. I was fine with it. Yeah. Um, and they only gave up four QB hits too. So a pretty clean day for Joe. Um, and he didn't get hit nearly as much as you know he's used to. No, not nearly uh, uh, as much as he's used to. Um, CJ Uzama goes out early with an injury. Uh, came. It, it looks like he'll be able to come back for the Super Bowl potentially. Um, we were dubbing it here in Columbus. We dubbed yesterday the Drew Sample game. And so looking at his stats right now, he had a scintillating stat line. One catch for four yards. So let's hope CJ Uzama comes back for the Super Bowl. Hey, now to be fair, uh, I, I, it was funny. Somebody, I, I, I was looking at Twitter. I was on Twitter the whole game yesterday. Um, and the funny part was, so I was watching on YouTube TV, 
and I think it's like 35 seconds delayed from regular cable. So I was on Twitter and the Bengals account tweeted big man INT. And it was like 10 seconds before I watched it, like it was about to snap and it said big man INT. I was like, big man INT. And then I saw BJ Hill just bat that ball straight into his arms. I was like, Oh my gosh. But somebody on Twitter was like, yeah, uh, it's okay. CJ Uzama got hurt. We have a, a high second round uh, pick tight end oh. backing him up. And I was like, Oh brother, you have, you have not watched your sample play football. That's, that's the best part about these new Bengal fans, you know, people jumping on the bandwagon. It's oh, like they have no clue. No the clue. Bengals for years, including this one have towed that line of injury fragility, where if one guy goes down in the position, they're screwed. And if CJ Uzama can't play in the Super Bowl, that is a really, really, really big storyline. Absolutely. Because, you know, Drew Sample, I mean, he's really bad at football. Um, he can block okay. He can block okay. You don't draft a guy. Now, it's not his fault he got drafted high in the second round. It's not. No, it's not. It's not. But th- for the way they drafted him, um, it, it, it's not working out. Um, that's going to be a big position, I think. I want them to re-sign CJ Uzama, but they need at least another athletic guy at tight end who can catch passes. Yes. Um, other than CJ Uzama. Wholeheartedly with that assessment. Um, wrapping up offense, and then we'll switch to what was well, we'll just talk about how masterful what the defense oh, was. Um, yeah. Wrapping up offense, Jamar Chase, you know, this is exactly what we said all season. If you gear your defense to just take him out of the game, they're going to get their yards and points elsewhere. And, you know, they should have had a touchdown to T. Higgins on the first time they tried to get it to him in the end zone. That was a pass interference. It wasn't called. But T. Higgins still ends up six catches, 103 yards. And he was it was catches in crunch time that made up the majority of those yards. Absolutely. Um, you know, J- Jamar, you know, Jamar got his on that. Uh, they get, they, they singled him up one time in the red zone and he got that, uh, that fade, which was, first of all, Fenton, what, what are you doing talking trash, Jamar Chase? There's one more down, dude. Why are you talking trash? You know, he's going to moss you. Well, speaking of talking trash, and this relates because we're talking about the Chiefs defense, how about Tyron Matthews saying after the game that the Chiefs are still the best team in the NFL, but that the best team doesn't always win? Did you see what Joe Burrow said? What did he say? He said, yeah, we beat the second We beat the second best team in the AFC twice. <laughs> it was funny. Yeah, Tyron Matthews, I mean, goes back to LSU days. He's a very sore loser. Um, he's he was remember. He was he was a sore loser in the Super Bowl last year. Um, Brady was talking some schmack to him uh, mid game. Remember, he was like, uh, "Oh yeah, yeah." He was like, "Well, yeah, I don't, I can't tell you what he told me." It's like, well, <laughs> yeah, Brady's the told goat. You that you're a bum and you don't belong on the field. But yeah, Brady's the goat. He can tell you whatever he wants. You know what I mean? We digress, but we digress. But yes, um, yeah, I lost my train of thought. Oh yes, Jamar Chase. Uh, T Higgins was so big in overtime. It was unbelievable. T Higgins hands are back. And, you know, Tyler Boyd, the Tyler Boyd stat line won't be anything special, but when you think about, he is so important to what they do. He, he is, is so a third down guy. And he, you know, he's a third down guy, but he's so good and teams respect him so much. They allocate resources to him in the slot 
and it leaves guys it, it basically and if cj uzama is healthy dude i'm telling you they're so good over the middle it makes at least you know it at least makes either one of t higgins and jamar chase always one-on-one basically that that that's what those two that they, they open up everything else for the outside guys yeah they do um and and a quick note i am really excited to watch whatever snaps we can get of Jalen Ramsey against Jamar Chase in the Super Bowl. I think that's going to be an awesome matchup to watch. Um, I don't have much else on offense. Samaj P. Ryan, you know, he had a great catch and run. Great yeah. catch and run. But, uh, you know, he is exactly what this team needs, and that's that. Now I want to talk about the overarching storyline, and that is the fact that the Bengals have now won three games in the playoffs – which Joe Burrow leads the Bengals or is the all-time leader in Bengals history for playoff wins. Now they've won all three of these games with defense. Yeah. Um, that's, it's unbelievable. I think, you know, kind of parlaying that Lou and Arumo, we were, you know, to put it politely, we were very, very mean uh, to him in the off season. We're very rightfully so. Right. So, um, you know, after we watched that dreadful, uh, infamous 401 rushing yards um, given up to him in week 17 last year, we had every right to be. But I don't even know how to describe it. I've never seen and I don't think we'll ever see again a drastic two half like the Mahomes in the second half had a one point. What was it? One point four, one point six QBR. In the first half, he had a 98. It was paltry. It was paltry. It was, it was literally, I'm not even kidding, polar opposite halves. And if you would have told me, I don't even know. I If you would have told me that Mahomes, after watching that first half, the atrocity that our defense had, that he would have had a one QBR, I would have said you were on some very, very, very illegal and strong substances. Um, you know, I – I think they maybe blitzed Mahomes once, twice. They didn't do it. They brought they did a lot of drop eight. Yep, the drop entire eight. second half, all they did was rush three and drop eight, and the Chiefs were befuddled by it. They could not do anything. They couldn't do anything about it. And the best part was Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard were rushing their asses off. Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson, yes. The, Sam Hubbard was Awesome yesterday. Awesome. I'm telling you, and, and you know what? I, 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 just, I, I can't stop myself from saying this right now. I, I want to I save it, but I can't. That strip sack at the end of the game when he just said, F it. I'm going towards him. I'm the spy. Don't care. He's been back there for 15 seconds. I'm going for it. My heart almost came out of my chest. Oh because my Tony – If they had recovered that fumble, Tony Romo might have been like Wicked Witch of the West and just melted right on the spot. Um, also, let, let, let's talk about this. Romo sucks, if that's where you're going with this. Yeah. It was, that was annoying. It was annoying. He sucks at his job. I love Jim Nance, too. But yeah, I don't know, Jim. There might have to oh my. this one. I don't know. It was bad. I don't I can't. Apologize for all the people listening on headphones. That was my horrendous rendition of the the 
just absolute nails on chalkboard I had to listen to all day yesterday. Now, to be fair, we get the best crew maybe ever for the Super Bowl. So um, we're excited about that. But yeah, that strip sack was so, oh my gosh, just so many emotions. Because I mean, let me, let's talk about the, let's talk about the end real quick. The Chiefs played that perfectly. They got that first down. It was first and goal with a minute left. The Bengals had one timeout left. And what do they do? They did exactly what the Bengals did the first time around. Except the game wasn't tied. Except they were, yeah. So the thing was, is that I I don't know what it is. It was like the end of the first half. They're just so stubborn. They don't want to run the ball in the end zone. It's weird. It's like a weird, like, ego thing. And I don't understand it. They were getting seven, eight yards a clip. Yeah. They ran all over the Bengals yesterday, but that's yeah. that the Bengals will take that every day because the Chiefs, absolutely the, the NFL proved it this year. The Chiefs do not want to take the six yards and in a cloud of dust and go down the field the slow way. I don't know what it is. I don't know what their makeup is as far as a schematic standpoint. They simply cannot go more than five plays without like having to take a shot. And if you take the shots away, then they're going to give you one. And Patrick gave the Bengals two. Yeah. Yeah. He gave them two. Um, Well, the Bengals took away the second one. He gave them the first one. Yeah. The first one was a gift. Um, And if you watch the uh, end zone angle, not the end zone angle, but like the, the angle from behind Mahomes, Trey Hendrickson would have picked that off too. So Um, it was a really bad pass. It yeah. was almost as bad as the uh, – was it Nick Bolton that almost picked off Burrow when he was trying to throw it away? I don't know and what he, just, th- he threw it straight to him. I was like, oh, my God, dude. Oh, that was a heart-stopping moment because that's right after they got the ball back from his first interception. Well, that first interception, I firmly – I don't know if anybody asked this. Uh, Jake Lisko, who does uh, – who's on Locked on Bengals. I, I, it's a really good podcast if anybody wants another Bengals podcast. Um, he wanted somebody to ask Joe on that play. Did he think it was a free play? Because there was two guys That's that right. were blatantly offsides, blatantly offsides. That's right. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, they, there was two guys. Yeah. It was Melvin Ingram. And I don't know if it was Chris Jones or the other D tackle. They were both offsides. So, um, but they didn't throw the flag. Didn't end up. It didn't matter. The Bengals defense. I'm not, I, listen, I have never, you know, when Andy Dalton was good, the Bengals defense was ranked um, in the top five, uh, top six defense. But I've never seen a defensive performance like I did in that second half in OT yesterday. And Patrick Mahomes, I, I mean, un- they, and they lose the coin toss in OT and still find a way. They line up very well to stop what the Rams like to do. And we'll talk about that next week. We'll talk. Absolutely. But, I mean, Cooper cup is Cooper cup, but the Bengals outside of that, I really like the way they well, also the let's talk about, I mean, real quick, just real quick preview to the Rams. Uh, something the Bengals fans can watch before we do our preview health of cam Akers, health of Tyler Higby for the Rams. Very important. That's all I'm going to say. Um, we'll talk about it more later, but, yeah. Andrew Whitworth revenge game. Yes. Yes. Um, also, real quick, most likable quarterback matchup in Super Bowl history? I think it that would have been the case if it was um, Jimmy G. 
Burrow against Aaron Rodgers. I mean, people love Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> now let's talk about this real quick because um, you know it's crazy. It's no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that if you had to pick two quarterbacks that that is <laughs> that people want to see win. Well, because like for lack of a better term, it's two losers. Not calling yes. Joe Burrow a loser. I'm calling the Bengals for such a long time have been these losers. And they Matt Stafford's a lion. Matt Stafford played for the Lions. He never got to win. So yeah. it, from a – if I tried to – if I have to separate myself and my fandom from this game, it's a game where it's like, man, I'm going to feel really good for whoever wins this game because they yeah. – good for them. I mean, this is a – this is a dub for the Lions fan base. Um, in my opinion, I think the Lions should be able to hang a banner if the Rams win. <laughs> I mean, they get their first round pick, so and you know um, what? That'll be the first time in history that the Lions get to pick thirty second in the draft. It will be the only time in NFL history that the Lions are drafting thirty two. Um, Dan Campbell <laughs> taking him to the top. I, listen, I love MCDC, but I mean, I don't, I don't know. Also. Um, is the voting still going on for MVP and coach of the year? Is that already done? I think it's done. And so I don't think Zach Taylor is going to win coach of the year. And boy, are those people that voted for that going to look really stupid when he does it. You don't think he's going to win coach of the year. It's the best. Who's going to win it. Mike Rabel. I think. Just they got, they got the one seed. Him or LaFleur is probably going to win it. Dude, LaFleur, I'm telling there. If I know we're getting on a tangent here. I don't, it doesn't really matter. Um, right. If Rodgers leaves, Lafleur's going to look like a dummy. Yeah. Because it's so hard to win in this league. When we see it now, I I understand Joe Burrow is – he's top five now. Um, You can't really – you can't tell me otherwise. Um, I'm sure everybody listening to this podcast, you know, believes that too. But, you know, Zach Taylor was 625-1 and (laughs) before before Joe Burrow, and now look at him. So – and. Uh, let's wrap it up with uh, a couple of things here. Um, I want to save this larger discussion for a, in a couple minutes, but two guys I want to shout out on defense before I get to that larger discussion. Uh, Jesse Bates, pay the man, just pay him, pay him, pay him what he, pay him whatever he wants, just pay him. Not a franchise, not a franchise tag, no franchise yeah. tag contract, just pay him. And Mike Hilton, wow. He's just. So we, have, we have Mike Hilton and Chidobe again for next year under contract, right? Oh, we. So that leads me into the largest, larger discussion I want to have. So not only are the Bengals on this Cinderella magical run, they have fifty million dollars in cap space, sixty-one if they choose to release Trey Waynes, and you're looking at this team and you're saying, okay, the only discernible holes that they have are right guard, right tackle, and defensive line depth. You could you could also you could also argue Ooh. tight end depth, but that's just one player. So yeah. So, so what? Yeah, it, I mean, it. Somebody was saying how. You know, this team was like the uh, was like the Chiefs three years ago. It, they're not because the Chiefs three years ago, when Mahomes took over, ha- had gone to the playoffs for what three straight years. So it's diff- It's just so different. This team is I, – I, I don't even – there's not really a comp. 
no. to what the Bengals are doing. Because, you know, and, and the Bengals are so well positioned in the AFC for the next couple of years because the Mahomes contract kicks in now. And the Chiefs, they have to pay their quarterback a fourth of and, their cap. And and the Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. Yeah. Josh Allen's contract kicks in next year. And they got to pay him a ton of money. Uh, it, like, I, I think he's in the 40s. So you're looking at the AFC and you're saying, okay, yeah, we've got the Chargers, but, you know, they, they missed the playoffs. And, you know, they've, they've definitely got holes to work on over there, not the least of which is questionable coaching decisions. You look at the Ravens. Lamar is due up for his extension, and I don't think they're going to move on from him. And then you look at the Bengals, and it's like, okay, Burrow with three more years on the rookie deal. You've got Chase, Mixon, Higgins, Boyd, all under contract for the next two seasons. Good Lord. If, if, if I'm a team in the AFC and even regardless of the result next week, I am, I am very, very afraid because the Listen, yeah. have proven now, I don't know what got into Mike Brown, which I also want to talk about that for a second after this. What the trench coat Mike Brown and everybody in the family, they spend their money smart. Now our free agents are good. Well, they're good. I also think it's because, well, I think it's because Duke Tobin and Zach Taylor does do some personnel stuff with with Duke Tobin. Um, they're really good at picking out talent. Um, the Bengals have now, in our lifetime, since probably 2010, the Bengals have always drafted well. They've all they they've hit on a lot of their draft picks. Yeah, for um, and but friends. yes, um, other than them, but the last in Cedric Wahey, um, but. The last three and Jake Fisher, um, but the last three, Jesus! Remember when Jake Fisher tried to make a, con- a conversion to tight end? Oh, remember that? Number forty-four. Jesus, dear God. Um, <laughs> no, that's a tight end that's better than Drew Sample. Uh, but uh, oh, but these last three drafts and these last two free agency cycles, the best in the NFL out of anybody there. There, I don't think there's a doubt about that. Well, okay. So look back at the 2020 draft. Okay. You got Burrow, <laughs> he Higgins, yep. Logan Wilson, a yes. Gaither, uh, Marcus Bailey, who's playing a huge role this year. And Khalid Kareem, Akeem Adeniji, which, you know, Khalid Kareem, right? Kareem. Yeah. Now Khalid Kareem almost made me go. He had that offsides. It really made me angry, but it had nothing to do with the offsides because they, it was just the flow of the game. Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, that draft, all seven players make a large impact from that draft. Yeah. It's it's unbelievable, really. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, you know, if I could bottle this feeling up from last night and today and just take a dose <laughs> of it every day for the rest of my life, I will, I will work for free. For <laughs> If, if it comes to that, if I can just feel what I'm feeling right now every day. Well, the feeling in two weeks might be even stronger than the feeling today. So it really sucks that this game is in LA. If it was anywhere east of the Mississippi, I think there would be a strong likelihood that I would spend everything I own to go. <laughs> I might, I, if it was east of the Mississippi, I might, I will, I'm also, I'm, I'm entering every contest that there is to try to win two tickets. And, and if either of us win, um, that would be unbelievable. But uh, I mean, tickets are, so, they're five, 
with well on TickPick, they're like six K without fees. And they're only gonna go up because <clears throat> the Bengals are a first time team in the Super Bowl in Oh, people are gonna Yeah, people are yeah, fans that have been waiting. Now the thing is is people don't think people in Cincinnati have the money to go. There are enough people in Cincinnati that are gonna go to LA and watch this game. Yes, yes, there are. Um, you know, we can talk about this all next week, but this Super Bowl is really two teams that do it the exact opposite way, getting to the same spot. You know, the Rams, big spenders, make trades, flashy facilities, brand new stadium. And then we got our boy Mike Brown getting up on the podium yesterday. Dude, and- that trend, that, that, that coat was straight. There, there's no way that his dad did not own that coat. I no think he, way. Well, he had to go to the Birmingham, England uh, police station afterwards <laughs> to help solve a murder that occurred uh, on yeah. Saturday. So it looked, he looked like Sherlock Holmes from like 1842. He was pulling double duty. Now, I did notice during the game they flashed a camera up on him. It looked like he had a play sheet with him. Is is Mike <laughs> sitting up there? Is that why we were running the ball on every first down yesterday? Was was well, Mike directing the I'm, offense? Well, I heard Mike Brown uh, called down some plays. I heard, uh, he was trying to get uh, trying to get CJ Uzama back out there to get a, get a, get a, get a, a little wishbone action. He wanted that spider two wide banana. Yeah, he wanted that. He wanted that wishbone triple option. He heard that that play works really well. He wanted that nineteen uh, seventies Baldwin Wallish uh, <laughs> formation back there. In all seriousness, shout um, out, shout out, Sam Vance. Shout out. Um, the people I was watching the game with, they they put the thing on Mike Brown and, and Nance was asking him questions. And everybody I was watching with is like, Jesus Christ, is this guy dead? Yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, you can't tell. You can't tell, but he's actually, this is the happiest Mike Brown's ever been. Well, we I, I looked this up. Mike Brown made the playoffs two times in his first 20 years as a uh, as an executive GM, so. I think he's got the worst record of any general manager in the league. Well, if he wins a bowl, he's getting in the Hall of Fame, right? Oh, God. Oh, no. (laughs) No, he's not getting in. I'm I'm kidding. You know what? For all of the ridicule we give Mike Brown, and it is rightfully deserved. Absolutely. You know, what have you, take up your gripes with the Bengals. One thing that I don't think anybody could ever question about Mike is he cares. It's not like he doesn't care. He just – he just has a bad way or had a bad way of going about business, but he well, always yeah. heard. Well, there's, so all the Bengals beat writers say that Mike Brown is at every practice. He's at every walkthrough. Um, he's at every team meeting. He doesn't, Mike Brown doesn't miss anything. And that dude's what, 86. Um, I mean, he's a smart, I mean, he went to Dartmouth, dude. He's a smart guy. Um, but it's nice to, it would be awesome, and I know Bengals fans have suffered for years, and we really don't truly know the extent of that. Um, I kind of felt the extent when my professor tonight kind of came in with the Bengals hat on and, and, and kind of teared up a little bit when he said, I've been waiting for this longer. Tw- I've been waiting for this twice as long as you guys have been alive. Um, I kind of felt that. So It's an exciting time to be a Cincinnati Bengal fan. Um, I think that is all that we wanted to talk about here. But 
we what kind of podcast would we be if we didn't let you out of here with some trivia? So sure. a little trivia. So the Bengals and the Rams playing in the Super Bowl. This is the first time in NFL history that two teams with that don't have their primary logo on their helmet will be playing in the Super Bowl. So I will tell you this: the Bengals and the Rams are two of two of five teams that don't have their primary logo on their helmet. Can you name the other three? Oh my God. Primary okay. logo being like when you think of the Steelers, that decal on the side yeah. of that. Yeah. Holy shh. Um, this is tough. This is really, really. Okay. Can you give me like a number in each conference? Like when a one in the NFC, there's two in the-, in the NFC, and there's one in the AFC. Okay. The Seahawks are one. Nope. I mean, okay. I guess, I guess that is the Seahawk on the side. Okay. Yeah. Oh gosh. I don't, I, I don't know if I can tell you to be honest with you. All right. So in the AFC, this one I thought was pretty obvious, but I can see how it's not because their logo is technically the helmet. So is it the, is it the Ravens? The Browns. Brown. Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Because there's no logo on their helmet, but their helmet is technically the logo. So What's they, the Ravens logo? Is it a B or is it the Raven? It's the Raven with the B on it. Okay. Okay. And then in the NFC, it's the Vikings because remember their primary logo is the uh, Viking, not the, yeah. not the brush. And then the other okay. one that I didn't realize until I looked at their helmet, but this is actually correct because their logo is the actual eagle is the eagles oh no way so there wow, you go I know that. so the Bengals and the rams are the first two teams ever to play in the super bowl without a primary logo on their helmet <laughs> also this is crazy this isn't this isn't trivia but i just wanted to so for 54 years a, a host city had never like a host city team had never hosted a, a home super bowl and in the last two years the host city team is hosting the super bowl which is kind of crazy I technically te- technically the Bengals are the home team i think it's generous to call the rams uh the hometown team for la well i it, it, it's just the host city the the home city is yeah uh i think there's gonna be a lot a lot of orange in that a stadium whole lot of orange and i think anybody going that isn't a fan of either are going to be wearing orange well it's a good color makes the eyes pop it does um anyway i think that's all i got that's all i got got we will be back next week with a bunch of stuff about in yeah injury news stuff like that 56 it's the Bengals and the rams for all the marbles. And $700. <laughs> well, I hedged it out. I hedged it out. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Okay. So, But we will talk about that next week. Yes. Until then, we will see you later. Who day? Who day? Who day?